This is an ABC podcast. Hello, I'm Nidge, and this is Imagine This. Well, kinda. Today, we've taken the Imaginarium in a submarine under the sea. You know, we've had so many questions come in about marine biology. That's the science of life in the ocean. So I thought it would be great to invite our friend, marine biologist, Tuni Mato, back to help us answer more questions. Ah! Tuni's at the window in a scuba suit. I can't hear a thing, mate. Hang on, swim up to the hatch and I'll let you in. Ah, much better. Thanks, Nidge. Breach detected. Water has entered the cabin. Draining commencing. Cool submarine. Yeah, thanks. The imaginary features are the best. Draining complete. <laughs> cool. Tooney, it's great to have you here to answer more marine biology questions. Of course. I'm happy to help. We've had so many. I thought, instead of just one, maybe we could try to answer as many as possible. Sounds great. Far away. I'll patch them through. Here we go. How do fish swim underwater? You get a great view of all the fish swimming around from down here. Yeah, it's amazing. There are quick fish that move in zigzags and fat ones that blob around like colourful clouds. Ooh, that one's swimming down into some coral. One of the really cool things about life under the sea is that it can move in three directions. On land, we can only really move in two. We can go forwards and backwards and we can go side to side. But in the water, animals have up and down to work with too. If I jump as high as I can, I can go up and down too. Yeah, about 30 centimetres. But fish can swim hundreds of metres below the surface. Wow, how do they do that? They go forward by sweeping their tails side to side. They use their fins to help them turn left and right and keep stable so they don't shoot off in any direction. And to go up and down, fish have something very special called a swim bladder. To we? It's a different kind of bladder. It's a pocket of air they can fill up and that helps them swim up towards the surface or they can empty it to help them swim down. Is it like a little balloon? Yeah, sort of. Air floats in water, so if you imagine the swim bladder as a little balloon, when it fills with air, it wants to float up to the surface. But an empty balloon doesn't float very well. In fact, it sinks, so fish can swim deeper down. That's so clever. Oh, here comes another question. My name is Jensen and I'm six. I would like to know why octopuses have three hearts. Three hearts? Is that true? Yeah. They have three hearts, but they basically do the same job that our one heart does. Right. Well, our heart beats to send blood and oxygen all around our bodies. Exactly. Octopuses have one big heart that pumps the blood around their bodies and down into all their eight legs, just like our heart does. Then they have two smaller hearts to pump blood to their gills. They have one heart for each gill. So why do they need three? We're much bigger than octopuses, and we're just fine with one. That's true. The reason is they don't carry oxygen around their bodies the same way we do. We have red blood because that's full of iron. 
Iron is really good at carrying oxygen, but octopus's blood is blue. That's because it's full of copper. Copper isn't as good at moving oxygen around the body, so they need a bit of extra help and a couple of extra hearts. Oh, great. Another octopus question. Hello, I'm Elon. I'm five years old. My question is, how do octopuses squirt ink? Well, the simple answer is, out of their bums. <laughs> what? Out of their bums? <laughs> yes, it's a very useful trick to get away from predators. Not all octopuses can do it, but some can. And some squid and cuttlefish do it too. So, is it like poo? <laughs> no, it's a black mucus that's kept in a little sack next to their bottoms. And when they get scared, they squirt it out of their bums with a big jet of water. Very cool. And very effective. The mucus creates a dark cloud in the water, so it gives the octopus a chance to swim away and hide without being seen. Plus, if it gets into a predator's eyes, it can blind them for a little while. And it messes with their sense of smell too. Wow, so they can't sniff them out either. Pretty good if a shark is on your tail. Oh, our next question. Hello, my name is Gus and I am six years old. And my question is, how do fish sleep if they don't have eyelids? Hang on, fish don't have eyelids? There's no need for them. We have eyelids so we can blink and keep our eyes from drying out. But fish live underwater, so their eyes stay wet all the time. Oh, yeah. Fish don't really sleep, at least not in the way that we do. They don't curl up in bed or snore for eight hours a night or, importantly, close their eyes. But they do rest and have downtime. Parrotfish actually make themselves a little mozzy net of sorts. A mosquito net? Out of mucus. Oh, gross. They blow a big snot bubble to rest in at night. We think it's for a bit of extra protection. If a predator disturbs the bubble, the parrotfish will feel it and have a chance to swim away. It also protects them from parasites, just like the mosquito nets we use at night. That is amazing. I wish we could use our snot like that. <laughs> if only. Here comes another one. Hi, I'm George and I'm five years old. I want to know how anglerfish find food and swim in the ocean. Should we dive down and see? Great idea. The surface is called the sunlight zone. It's where phytoplankton float, turning sunlight into oxygen. Oh yeah, you taught us about phytoplankton. They're the microscopic plants that create oxygen in the ocean. Exactly. Most life in the ocean lives in the sunlight zone. Hey look, it's getting dark out there. Looks like we've just passed into the twilight zone. This is about 200 metres below the surface. Light from the sun can't reach as far down here, so the twilight zone is pretty dark. Here you'll find creatures like sperm whales and giant squid. How deep does the twilight zone go? About a kilometre down. When there's absolutely no light left, it's so dark, it's pitch black. That's when we've reached the midnight zone. Eee! I'm just going to turn my nightlight on. Ooh, that's better. Is this where we'll find anglerfish? In the deep sea, you get some really strange fish. 
Because it's so dark down here, it's incredibly hard to find food. Yeah, I couldn't find the fridge with my eyes closed. How do they know where they're going? Well, they've adapted to the dark. When it comes to anglerfish, the females all have a glowing lure on their heads. It looks a bit like a fishing rod, funnily enough. And the bait on the end of the rod is a bright, glowing light. In the dark, small fish can only see the light, not the rest of the anglerfish's body. So they come up close to check it out and snap, get gobbled up. So they just wait for food to come to them? Basically, yeah. It would use up too much energy to swim around in the dark. An anglerfish's life is mostly spent waiting for food to come to it. They have enormous mouths. They can swallow a meal twice their body size. Whoa. Hey, Toonie, can we go back to the sunlight zone now? Anglerfish are cool, but I think it's too dark for me down here. Yeah, let's head up. Ah, oh, here we are, back in the sunlight zone with all our fishy friends. This is where I get off. I'm going to go check out the coral reef. I'll see you next time. Thanks, Toonie. Bye. Bye. Imagine This is an ABC Kids Listen podcast, hosted by me, Dr Neeraj Lal. Written and produced by Sumia Bella, with sound design by Wei Nguyen. Senior producer is Emma Gibbs. For more great podcasts to play, music to move, and stories and soundtracks for sleep, download the ABC Kids Listen app, free from your app store.